Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. Good morning, everybody. We are halfway through our series of mindset and we have all survived. We are all still alive. <laughs> I said in my first, uh, first sermon here um, in this um, series, I have never done a series in my life. I don't know what said, pop my hand up to say I'll do one to Paul. Um, but for those of you who are struggling, um, you won't have to hear from me until, uh, until Mother's Day. <laughs> Just kidding. I believe that the Lord does speak even through people who maybe feel imperfect or aren't, uh, don't feel quite up to par, but I think the Lord still works and the Lord still moves even despite what our feelings may be. And I think we're learning that, that our feelings can't always be the judge or be trusted. Anger is a healthy human emotion. I know that's hard to hear because sometimes we hear, don't be angry. Why are you angry? It's mostly because people are afraid of you being angry at them, right? But it is a healthy human emotion. An emotion that usually comes about when life comes out of alignment of your will. So when something just comes out a bit, that's when anger strikes. For me, I feel the heat rising up. And if you're ever in a meeting with me and the heat starts rising up, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm angry, but it does mean something has me flustered. Kind of, you could probably see it right now. <laughs> the heat. <laughs> Maybe someone cuts you off in traffic. Ooh. Maybe a presentation doesn't quite go your way. Maybe your child talks back to you. That doesn't happen, right? Not us, no. Maybe you didn't receive the grade or the recognition that you thought that you deserved. Or maybe it's something as simple as not getting the salad dressing that you wanted. <laughs> I have to tell this quick story, but when I was about six months pregnant, <laughs> what? What? Okay, I don't need to get upset now. <laughs> when I was six months, it may have been seven months pregnant with Eleanor. We were in our last appointment. And I swear that I told him as he went to Chick-fil-A, a very nice husband going to Chick-fil-A to get his wife a salad, where I very well could have made a salad at home. He went to go and get it. And he got... I said the wrong salad dressing. And I don't know what happened next because I think I blacked out a little bit. <laughs> but I swear, I think my head 
Paul says he thinks my head was spinning around and there was like flashes of red in my eyes. And I'll tell you, it wasn't the salad dressing. It was the salad dressing that really upset me, but there were things underlying. And a lot of times anger comes out when things are underlying. So it's not always the salad dressing. Men, remember this. It's not always the salad dressing. There may be other things at, at work there. But if you are wondering where Ellie, Ellie Eleanor gets her feistiness from, it may have come just from that instance. <laughs> it was rough. And I think we can laugh about it now. Can we laugh about it now? Okay, good. Because I don't think that has happened since. <laughs> Okay, it's not about the dressing. All of these things and a laundry list of other things can bring about the fire, right? The first real show of anger outside the garden we see in Cain's anger, right? In Genesis 4, God confronts Cain about his anger. But God doesn't say Cain, you must never be angry. He doesn't say that at all. He tells him to check his actions and his behavior. And he spoke to him of what would happen if his anger went unchecked. It would fester, right? Has that ever happened to you? Gosh, I just feel like this is just, my hand just goes up all the time. <laughs> Maybe I'm just an angry person. Lord, help me. He tells him to check his, his anger his actions and his behavior. Because if it festers, it'll turn into hatred. And we see this in our scripture that we're, we're looking at today. We're looking at Acts chapters 1, 21 through 23. And we walk into a room full of some very angry people. All of their necks are red. They're very angry. And if you back up to chapter 21, Paul arrives in Israel or Jerusalem and is greeted by friends who come up with this plan that Paul is to take the Nazarite vow. And if you don't know what the Nazarite vow is, we talked about it last week. Look it up. It's very interesting. But basically, he is going to consecrate himself. It's a time of cleansing and being set apart because there were many, many Jews in the area that would just craving the downfall of poor Paul here. And all of this came about because Paul refused to teach Gentiles to hold up the Mosaic law, which we know that Jesus did not come so that we could keep things the same as they were, right? Same as it ever was. You know that song? Same as it ever was. I can't remember the rest of it, but it's not. For Jesus, it was not the same as it ever was. He came as the fulfillment to the law. The fulfillment of the law. And so we are clear, Moses himself never claimed that the law itself was what made people righteous in the sight of God. But as some traditions do, it began to take the place of what God had created as a relationship and what God desired as a relationship with his people. But this is a really big deal 
for someone whose entire life and teaching hinged on this very law. This led to Paul being beat up, arrested, brought before the high priest, which is where we see him right now. He came before him for an investigation and ultimately being moved to Caesarea because there was a group of at least 40 men who were planning to or plotting to kill him. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a core council like this, but I'm just kidding. There have been no core councils like that. We have a great core council, don't we? Yes, we do. No plots. One thing you can say about Paul is he doesn't do things halfway. He's not a halfway Joe kind of person. And all the drama that you're craving in all of your soap operas, I don't know what people are watching now, because I'm usually about five years behind the times. Scandal, that's over now, isn't it? <laughs> all of that, the, the, the days of our lives, the male soap opera wrestling, all of that, that you're craving the drama is found, I'm telling you, right here in God's word. There is more drama <laughs> than you could ever imagine. And the same drama that we see in Cain and with these men is a sinful anger, the same anger we see. This is an anger that comes out of pride and ego. And I'm gonna tell you, it has no place in the life of a believer. When we allow this anger to take dominion over our lives, we give Satan a foothold and we grieve the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 22 goes as far to say, not to befriend a hot-tempered man or someone who is easily angered, for we may become like them. And if we're known for our temper, if we're known for our anger, we cannot be known for our love, which makes our testimony ineffective. And honestly, it, 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 it messes with the reputation of the church. But not all anger is wrong. For even God gets angry, right? Godly anger recognizes and responds to sin with the intent of bringing the sinner to repentance or to bring things back into alignment with God's will. In Paul's rebuke to Ananias, he is indicating that the high priest's behavior was out of alignment of God's will. This was an anger that was coming out of Ananias's own interest and was based on an emotional response to a perceived wrong. Paul even apologizes when he realizes that he's insulted the high priest, which proves his mastery of the law of Moses. He is no stranger to these people's lifestyle, for he, as he explains in chapter 22, that he was just like them. He lived and breathed the law. The very things that they were doing to Paul, he was doing to the church before he had that personal encounter with Jesus. And Paul believed with all his heart that he was in alignment with the will of God until Jesus came to him and his heart was changed forever. The things that enraged Paul then 
became different things. And it makes me wonder what things I have gotten wrong, what things incensed me. And that makes me want all the more a relationship with the Lord so that he can steer me in the right way. We have been given the emotion of anger for a reason. We weren't meant to bury it deep down because we know when we bury it, salad dressing happens. (laughs) But there is a purpose, even for anger. And sometimes it would be morally and spiritually wrong not to be angered by the situations around us. This can spur us to a positive change. So what is it that gets you riled up? When I look at my life, I could tell you it's not always a godly anger. (laughs) Sometimes my anger spills out like an acid and those that touch it are burned. Just like, just like the wood post. The scars are still there. And we have to deal with that. How do you deal with your anger? When we first had our kids, I guess even before we had Joshua, there was a lot of debate in our household of what we would allow them to see or what we would allow them to do. And for those of you who are not parents just yet or eventually that's a longing in your heart, you will have the same debate. And for the most part, I think Paul and I are on the same page. But the, con- the debate continues. And one thing we've always agreed upon in allowing our children to watch is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> How many of you watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Every hand should go up. (laughs) And although he died in 2003, there's a bit of buzz about him in the last few years, a couple movies that have been made. And I credit to him his amazing way to minister to people's hearts without them knowing that it branched out of his love for God and his love for people. Being a brilliant musician, he wrote these words and he sang them in quite a few of his, uh, his programs. And it says, <laughs> what do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite? <laughs> when the whole wide world seems oh so wrong, and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you can go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish. I can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this 
and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can, and it's Jesus. For a girl can be someday a woman, and a boy can be someday a man. I think that maybe Mr. Rogers was targeted for the wrong audience, <laughs> although it is wonderful for children, and I think it's important. But I think that it's for you and for me. When we're faced with this emotion, we have two choices of how to respond. We can lash out at those closest to us or to those who feel have wronged us. Or we can take these emotions to the Lord and ask him how to show, how to respond in a godly manner in a way that will benefit us, but it will also benefit those around us. Unfortunately, those that we love the most are the ones who experience the wrath of our anger. Is that true? <laughs> and in my family, it is no exception. I have said and done things that I'm not proud of, things that grieve the Holy Spirit, I have been measured and found wanting. And I don't want to live a life of regret after regret. And for what? Because I can't release those emotions and feelings to the Lord. And the fact is, it, it doesn't even mean that I'll never get angry again. Because I will. But it does mean that I can capture those moments. I can take that moment in time and give it to the Lord. And I can do it before I damage myself or anyone else. I can begin to allow the Lord to change my perspective for the things that should fire up my passion and attention not the salad dressing, Lord. I want it to be the injustices. What you say is an injustice. That's what I want my passion and my attention toward. Allow him to define in your life the injustices of the world. Ask the question, how does or doesn't this situation align with the righteousness of God? Do our words or actions come from a godly desire to bring repentance and restoration within the body of Christ? Or are we just attempting to control others? We can also ask ourselves whether our response to a rebuke is an attempt to justify ourselves. I'm really good at that too. I can talk all around things to justify what I'm doing. And finally, we must ask ourselves, how can I allow God to use this situation to bring glory and honor to your name? We're gonna sing a little chorus, very easy chorus, probably a lot of you already know it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
because there's no better mirror. <laughs> Looking to the world, you're not gonna quite know. They'll tell you salad dressing is what should anger you. I'm sorry, but it's not. What is it, Lord? Show me. What should have my passion? What should have my righteous indignation? What is it, Lord? Lord, today we want to look to you. Lord, we, wanna, we don't want to look anywhere else, but just to you. Lord, show us. Show us where we have made scars. Lord, if, if forgiveness needs to be asked, Lord, put it on our hearts. Lord, if there is things that are preventing relationships, Lord, God, I pray that you would work through them. Because anger has done a lot of good in the world. But Lord, I think predominantly maybe it has done quite a bit of bad. Lord, I pray that that anger that we're filled with for the injustices of the world, Lord, I pray that that would bring about passion and bring about, bring about your will, Lord, where we see change needs to be, Lord, allow that to happen. And Lord, it begins in our own hearts. It's so easy to see in others, Lord, but let us not forget. So God, today I just pray for your grace over my life, for your grace over your people. We're not perfect people, Lord. But Lord, we love you. We want our lives to be sweet-smelling incense. God, help us to make a change. All of this we ask in your precious son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.